Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Teaching Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Dave Roberts, and today it is my absolute pleasure to have as my guest, Mario P. Fields. Sergeant Major retired Mario P. Fields is driven by his 26-plus years of military service and his passion for helping people. Mario founded two companies and is a social media content creator and podcaster, engaging audience on platforms like YouTube, Instagram, and more. And this is just a brief snippet of what this man does every day. Um, I am honored to call him a, a colleague, a friend, and also Mario is the voice behind the intro and outro of the Teaching Journeys podcast. And if I have my way soon, he's going to be the the face and the voice on YouTube uh, for the intro and outro for the podcast, as we're uh, going to be launching a YouTube channel here fairly shortly. But Mario, my friend, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are things where you are today? Dave, first of all, thank you for that amazing uh, introduction. As you guys know, I'm about five foot and a half and shrinking, but uh, the, the, the words Dave used to introduce me made me feel like I'm about six foot 11. And so, and it, uh, I'm doing great. And everyone, if you're not sharing the Teaching Journeys podcast, come on, share it. Dave's doing an amazing job, amazing guest, and it's really helped me. And I've seen it help other people, but I am doing amazing, my friend. Well, thank you very much. There are days where, and I think we all go through this as podcasters, where we wonder, you know, is it worth the effort? Um, and you would send me just a text saying, hey, keep on pushing, keep on going. And that got me through the next step. So you've been as much of an inspiration for the continuation of this podcast and the building of this podcast as anybody. So I thank you for that, my friend. No, you're, you're welcome. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to, you know, like you mentioned in the uh, introduction, uh, to help with the voice as the, uh, intro and outro of this amazing podcast. So, so you, you allow me to do that really, really, uh, gave me some meaningful work, man. And I appreciate it. Well, at this point you're on the short list. If I ever need to redo the intro, man, I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna contact you. I'm not going anywhere else. Uh, that, that job position is permanently yours until you decide to fire me. So. Not, well, that's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, just, you keep sending me, it's not even work. It's a passion, like you mentioned. So, you know, thank you for allowing me to be in my passion of helping people, Dave, especially people like you. Well, thank you. And I know you enjoy motivating and inspiring others through your talents, your business and your social media platforms. You do all of that. You use all of that for all of the right reasons. So just briefly in terms of how the two of us met was through peer serendipity. We were involved in, I, I think, a, a panel with Tony Lynch's group, the Global Grief Network. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were involved in that, that panel. And um, we, we connected through private chat. I liked your energy. I know you had put out a call saying that if there were anybody on the panel that was interested in being on the podcast, you know, you, you definitely would make a space for him. I reached out. Um, one thing led to another, and I became a guest on your Unarmored Talk um, podcast. And um, the rest is history. We've built a friendship and a, a mentorship ever since. So we're going to get right down into it, unless you've got anything else you want to add. Oh, no, no. Let's, uh, let's dive into the, the, this, the uh, discussion framework. 
my friend. All right. Um, and first of all, this is a privilege because I believe this is the first time you've talked about this aspect of your life anywhere. Um, yes, it is. I've, I've, I've been in once or twice, but, but not kind of what we're, what we're going to do as far as the topic. Okay. Well, usually I have a set question that I asked to, to get individuals to tell their story, but I'm going to go a little bit differently with you because the circumstances that we're talking about require a different approach. What was your life like prior to November 2nd? And what's your life like now? Yeah, Dave. So just, just for the listeners uh, and viewers, um, the reason why that date is so critical is because that was, uh, that was the date that, um, kicked off a chain of events where, uh, you know, the staph bacteria, if you will, I, I am not going to try to pronounce it. The, the medical folks, my wife, they do an amazing job with pronouncing that. I'm going to go with the short version, but that, uh, bacteria got, you know, entered my bloodstream. Uh, to this day, the doctors have no idea there was not a source of injury. And uh, so that was a day that my liver um, produced two blood clots. And that's which uh, kicked off the chain of events um, that led to almost a month in two hospitals and, and uh, two ICUs. But before that um, unexpected um, even occurred, uh, I, I had a lot of plans in regards to the future, you know, as far as inspiring people, business you know, initiatives, family initiatives. I mean, you name it like any other, my, my belief, any other human that's, that's kind of going, Hey, uh, this is how we're going to celebrate Christmas. Maybe thanks. Cause it was right before Thanksgiving. Huh? And, um, I've always, always known, I think once in a while that, uh, you know, you're going to die sooner or later, um, but what does that mean? Are you, are you prepared for it? I even did an, an, an episode. I even did a podcast episode prior to that, how to properly plan for death. You know, yeah. With Jennifer, you know, how to probably, yeah. Plan for death. And so before that, I, you know, I just never intentionally did it. I thought about it. I did, a, I, po I hosted a podcast on it, but before that day, I never intentionally said, what does that mean? And what is your plan? And how does that look like to you? Well, you want to talk about serendipity. You do a podcast on preparing for your death and then you find yourself literally on your, on your deathbed. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was just, just a turn of events. I remember, I, I think just one minute we were, I, I was connecting with you you know, through text about something, all of a sudden I find out you're in the ICU for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell happened? And you know, the thing, Dave, is when I was in the, in the Marines and we deployed quite often, not just to combat, but you know, we, we, you know, we did a lot of training missions. I mean, I've flown on a lot of, you know, helicopters over land or water, me, you name it. A lot of, um, did a lot of things that the probability of a crash or an accident is, mm -hmm. is significantly high. But the difference is there was a level of expectation. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a, there was a, 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 there was time to prepare in the event the vehicle rolls over and you can't get the doors unlocked. I mean, we, we went through so much training. And so there was this preparation. What? This particular event at the beginning of November, there was no preparation. You know, one day I'm talking to you, like you said, I am 
you know, everything's functioning. All my uh, organs are functioning. I'm feeling great. And then the next day I'm like, lethargic. I'm not as sharp as I used to be. My, the, what another indicator was my bowel, my, uh, bowel movement changed. So there was a thing started occurring within hours that, um, there was prep. It was all reaction and confusion. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge difference. I felt the same way for different reasons when my daughter Janine got diagnosed with biliar rhabdomyosarcoma, but you know, three weeks after she gave birth to her only child, um, you could have probably told me the world was going to end and I probably would have believed that more than the diagnosis that we got because everything seemed to be great. And all of a sudden my life just turned out a dime and there was no prior preparation for that. My, my life drastically changed and I, my focus changed, my purpose changed, everything changed. Um, my life was never the same again. And I had to learn to somewhat prepare for the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Be- because I had to prepare for anything now because of what happened. And I, I don't know yeah. if that, that was the same for you at this point in terms of uh, during your recovery, if you found yourself, if that, that, that shift in perspective changed or had you always had that? Yeah, no, it did. I mean, you know, I always had this, maybe, maybe if something we call it external factors, right? Life external mm-hmm. factor. In, in, in my portfolio of external factors, there was maybe a car crash, maybe a plane crash, you know, maybe a heart attack, a stroke, you know, all you, all the ones that, you know, you can go, okay, I'm getting older. Maybe these things may happen. The probability of them happening is there, but this one was different. Uh, you, you know, you, I didn't know much about a staph infection, blood, blood poisoning. You know, I didn't know too many people who had survived blood poisoning. And then how do you prepare for that? Where, you you know, it's not this, you go to the doctors, they kind of run tests. They come back and say, this is what you have. You you know, one of the doctors I talked to, they they said that the mortality rate is, is extremely high. It's not tied to an age. And it pretty much once that, once that staph bacteria is in your bloodstream and if it's, you know, once it gets in your bloodstream, um, if you're not in the hospital within 24 hours to maybe 48, you, you may not make it. So it's quick. And, and I, I, I got, I was blessed, you know, God said it wasn't time for you to go. Cause essentially what I got from them was I had. It, it was running through my system for about 72 hours, um, before I came in, you know, where they, and I've talked to multiple doctors and they've said they've had patients in their early twenties, mid twenties that would come in and, and, you know, and they discovered the source of injury for them and they would die within 24 hours. Yeah. It clearly wasn't your time. God saying you have more, more work to do. Yes, Dave. So, um, yeah, so it did change my perspective and it made me more intentional. I, you know, before then I used to say, uh, you know, life is short, which I am short. So I could say it literally, but, 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 but after that happened, it, it, it really 
made me realize what that means to me. And what that means to me is be intentional in every day and live in the moment um, of the future, but don't try to predict it. And realize that there's so many external factors, there's so many variables, you know, that could essentially, um, you, you know, put you down, if you will, you know, wherever you're in the hospital, maybe, maybe your terminal. And so don't, don't try to figure all of those things out, you know, just do things intentionally. Um, and that's making memories of family making memories with friend, positive memories, replacing negative rip memories with positive memories, mm -hmm. uh, and just following the basic kind of hygiene things that can, that can prevent certain infections. And that's about it. Where bef before, again, it was like, okay, uh, to drive safe, maybe I buckle up, I, you know, don't drink as much alcohol, maybe you know, don't smoke too many cigars and I can reduce the stroke or whatever, but that one was like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I hear you saying is that when you have an event like this where essentially your body is totally compromised, you have an infection in all parts of your body, your, everything is shutting down, and you're literally on your deathbed, and you're, yeah. one, you're one step close from meeting your creator, it's like when you come out of it, it's like the way you treat your body, the way you treat yourself, you don't take those things for granted anymore. You're, it's, it's, you're more mindful of that, that you realize that, yeah, life is short. It can turn out a dime. And like you said, for a lot of us, those are just words to say, but until something happens that really, be, you know, really pounds that point home, those are just words. It, it, right. I, you know, spend a lot of time in the public speaking, uh, speaking industry. And so, what what I've found is, and I even, you know, I've coached a lot of public speakers and as keynote speakers, broadcasters, podcasters, I mean, you name it, is you can be one of the most eloquent speakers on earth, mm -hmm. but a circumstance will reveal your true character. And what I mean by that, and I'll go biblical, spiritual, I, I can only talk for me. I used to say, I believe in God. I, I will, you know, I will always lean on God and whatever. God through my soul directs, you know, that's what's what I want to do and be obedient. And when, when life gets rough, when that hurricane, that category five hurricane slams into Mario P, you know, I am going to allow God to, to be the foundation. When that happened and I couldn't even move my lower extremities, I had 650 milliliters of fluid in both lungs. Sting heart rate was at 155 um, beats per minute. It was just going bad. My eyes were yellow. I remember the doctor was going, asking my wife, is his eyes normally this yellow? She was like, no. Um, I remember the doctors, the whole team. I said, I said, um, why do I have so many people? They said, you're one of the sickest, you know, they, we were joking, but they weren't. They were like, you're one of the sickest patients in this hospital. I'm like, what about the guy to heart attack or cancer? They're like, like your whole body's under attack. And so with all of that said, after they left one day, the chaplain came and hospital chaplain came and he goes, your humor is awesome. You're su such a, you're, you're at peace. And he said, why is that? And I said, because I had a chance to reflect on the actions of my life, not the words. And I'm at peace. 
I said, you know, I'm not perfect, but if I did somewhere wrong, I made every effort to apologize. Now I don't get a vote if they accept it or not, but at least I did. I said, I made every effort to gain a better understanding of not what Mario wants to do, not what I want to do, but what does God want me to do? And when I had, and when I was in that, in that ICU, in the second hospital, when I reflected on my 48 years of living, Dave, I was at peace, man. Now, did I want to die? No, there's more work to do. But, but was I afraid, you know, did, did the moments go through my mind going, I need to spend more time with my wife. Maybe I need to stop doing this. Uh, never crossed my mind. And that was, to me, that was God reinforcing to me affirmation that for you, Mario, you know, my, your relationship with me, because I believe your relationship with God is intimate. It's not like no one else's. And that was my affirmation that continue to do what I want you to do. Use the gifts I've given you that no college can give you. Uh, there's no certification program that can give you having the interpersonal skills and the natural skills of verbal aptitude and miracle aptitude to process things for the betterment of mankind. You get your butt out there, you keep doing it until I tell you to stop. So that, that was affirmation for me and my spiritual journey of living on this earth. For those of you who are YouTubers, there is a clip called my three weeks in ICU. And I would highly recommend that you watch this. This was, uh, you know, when, this is when I think you first got out of the hospital and you were still struggling health wise. And I, I could see that, but you, you came out with some really profound insights about your three weeks in ICU that I think everybody needs to listen to. If you want to see basically what you can do to, to transcend and flip the script with your mindset to deal with challenging circumstances and, and a serious illness. But one of the things you mentioned that really resonated with me, and I want to read this from your, you know, from your YouTube um, uh, clip. When you live in your purpose, you do things meaningful to others. The event is affirmation that God has put me where I want to be, and I'm being obedient, doing what he wants me to do, even if it is something I don't want to do. You didn't wake up one day and say, yeah, I want to, I want to get a staph infection. I want to be on my deathbed in ICU. And I, I want to continue to, I want that to reaffirm for me what it is I really need to do in this life. I can't imagine you even asked for that, but yet when you did, this is the revelation you came up with. Can you speak more to that in terms of what that means to you now, what that meant to you, that or what it means to you now? Yeah. So. A lot, a lot of people have said, oh, you, you know, we always knew you would be in the speaking industry or, you know, YouTube industry or the charity or nonprofit, you know, in the, in the humanitarian sector. And I was like, no, what, what I wanted to do after I, you know, retired from the Marine Corps in 2019, you ready for this, Dave? You know what my, my plans, my plans were Nicole and I. We already found uh, an area in Tampa, Florida. We were about to get a house built again, Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. And I, w I had 10 high schools that I was going to submit my application to, to be a JROTC instructor. Um, I wanted to get a job on a, uh, you know, the school schedule so I could do 10 weeks, 
I mean, uh, you know, 10 month schedule and his summer's off. Not my time. And that was it. I said, I, I believe I can Im have a greater impact on the future generation of humans. If I am in school as a teacher, <laughs> then the good Lord was like, are you done? Are you, are you done communicating what you want to do? And I was like, yes, sir. He goes, that's not what I want you to do. And now you see what I'm doing now as a, a professional with two startup companies, consulting folks in the startup industry or franchising, and also in the content creator space, then social media. And that's on Reddit, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, podcasts, audio, video, and more, including LinkedIn. That was nowhere near my plans. But I always had that spiritual feeling. This is what God wants you to do. Especially when I built the nonprofit. Good gosh. And I was like, it's in my heart. Don't know why I'm doing this. This is a lot of work and effort. Yeah, I wanted to chill and I'm working harder. And, you know, my wife was, she was like, Mario, you got, you got to chill. And I'm like, God, it's in my heart. So yeah, so what I'm doing now is not what I wanted to do. Yeah, I, I have this grand plan. You know, I was, you guys married with, with three children. I was, my life was going to progress in this very linear, predictable fashion. I figured if I lived a good life, you know, God or the universe would notice that and would reward me. Um, and then the universe kind of looked at me and said, hold my beer, because you think you got a plan? Here's my plan. And at times I had difficulty understanding why in my plan, why in the universe's plan would be for me to have experienced the, the transition of a child. Because um, mm -hmm. I've said this on other podcasts, um, no parent should have to live to bury a child. Right. But at the same time, the challenges that I experienced as a, res as a result of my, my daughter's transition put me on a path that has been rewarding. It's been blessed with many great people in my life. I've had an opportunity to, to, to do some good as a result of, of the challenges. And God has put me on this path. And it was, was it a path that I ever thought I'd embrace? No. I mean, no, but, but is it a path that I'm very comfortable walking at this point? And I'm grateful for the fact that I have the opportunity to walk it. Absolutely. I would have never said that to you 20 years ago. But I think what I want to impress to, to, to your viewers and to my viewers is that everything that happens, good or bad, it's all in alignment with what the universe has planned for us. We just need to throw out any physical perception of time, throw out the stopwatch and realize that the universe's plan will manifest in its own time. And that time is relative when it comes to that. So now I just, yeah. I just roll with it. And whatever path the universe decides they're going to open up for me, that's the path I'm going to walk until, you know, that closes and another one opens. And that's, that's kind of how I live my life now. Yeah. It, you know, and, and the, the thing that really also they've helped me was um, understand the difference between reacting to life events and responding. And it's a big difference in understanding when it's relevant to react and when it's relevant to respond. And the nucleus of that is focus on things, you know, and, and that's what I used to do. That's what I learned also from that is, and like you said, I didn't wake up and go, okay, I, you know, I'm doing kind of this assessment. I just need some affirmation. Let me, I, you know, 
can I get uh, some staff uh, affection for $200, please? I mean, <laughs> but, but that's, that's really what kind of, uh, you know, really improved my thinking process is again, Mario, let's respond to the known or do you react or do you do both? It's very non-binary. And what does that mean? And I believe kind of like an armor talk podcast develop an accurate way of thinking that can potentially improve the outcome of life events. Yeah. One of the things that blew me away when I was watching my three weeks at ICU is the positive mindset that you exerted with your doctors. <laughs> you never focused on the danger. And that's one of the things you mentioned in your YouTube clip. And when asked by the doctors, what can we do for you? You turned it around and said, what can I do to help you? Where did that positive mindset come from? It didn't just happen overnight. This is something that has been nurtured. Was it your military training? Was it your life training? Was it both? Tell us about how you developed that mindset, because I think it's just a great teaching tool for anybody who's going through any type of challenge. I, I would, I would say Dave, that it started with my mother. And so as a young child, I would say if I was the first, you know, example of that and God rest my mom. So, but it was my mom, one of the most positive human beings I've ever seen in my life. What she saw was the power of humans and not your color, your culture, your belief system. And. And she just took a positive approach to life, regardless of what happened. She didn't hold grudges. Um, if she was sad or something happened, it was brief. She allowed her emotions to process, but then she always took a very optimistic approach to things. When my little brother died, um, in, in 20, uh, 2019, um, when he was on an ECMO machine and essentially the Duke University Hospital um, uh, professionals, and, and I salute them because they're amazing. But essentially, he told my little brother that there's nothing left we can do. Your lungs are compromised. If we remove this ECMO machine, you know, you're done. Like you will probably live for maybe five minutes. My little brother never said, why me? He never said, you know, any of that stuff. He just said to the doctors, he had a trachea and he goes, just give me 30 days. That's all he asked. And they said, okay. Then the reason why he asked for 30 days, because he was able to see me retire from Camp Pendleton, California. We actually, uh, Facebook live, we streamed it. And then, so that was a Friday. And then his son, his, old, his eldest son. Um, he was able to, they were able to do a private graduation ceremony in his, in his hospital room. And then Sunday was Father's Day. And he, so he lived past Father's Day because he, he did not want to die on Father's Day. And then he died that Monday. But the entire time he was positive. Not one time was he negative. And I said, okay, from moms, from me watching mom all these years, and then watching my little brother, you know, die early in his life, that reinforced it. So therefore I said, you know what, who am I, who am I to go into any situation and it's a choice and choose to be negative about it. And last day, I was like, there's enough negative energy on earth. 
the doctors already are scrambling. Mm -hmm. Me being negative and going, oh, this hurts. I get much blood. I can't breathe. I am not helping them. So I'm going to choose to reverse it, to give them a very peaceful environment, a very non, you know, non Con con conflicting environment to just help the little guy. And that was my thought process behind it. Well, I think the other thing is flipping the script as you did and asking, what can I do to help you and keeping that positive mindset? Doctors take death personally. Yes. I, I, and that, if you would come out off really negative and thinking, geez, you know, I, I just want to die or when am I going to die or I want this to be over, that would have just reinforced you know, the, they're taking, you know, death more personally. They don't want to lose a patient, even though they know they're going to, they don't want to. I was supposed to be a guest of honor at, at a lot of events in November and I had to cancel every single one of them. I had the emotions of feeling bad. Uh, you know, these, these, all of these event coordinators had, you know, planned these events. We have our keynote speaker, our guest of honor. And all of a sudden now I have, I'm, I'm sending messages. My wife is sending messages to, you know, three or four event coordinators in November going, Mario is in hospital. And I'm talking events from California scheduled in Grundy, Virginia at a law school and more. So, you know, so I, I had my own internal battle battles, but I said, you know, it's a choice and I want the doctors to feel comfortable coming in. I want them to go, who's the next patient on the rounds? Mario P. Fields. And for them to smile and go, this is, all right, we're excited to go see him. You know, he's sick, but we're, we're not cringing to go into that room because of, because of not just the medical challenges, but here, you know, we got to deal with him so negative. I just didn't want that, them to experience that. Well, the other thing too, is that you having the attitude and the mindset that you had allowed you to, to make a greater connection with that entire medical community. And as you know, you know, walking the spiritual path, feeling connected to something greater than ourselves or just to a community of support is really part of the spiritual path that we walk in our spiritual growth and development that, that occurs throughout our lifetime. So even at the fact that you were on your, you were dying you still use that opportunity as an opportunity for spiritual growth and connection. If we come to our end of life chapter, no matter how long it's, that, that is, or if we're looking at a very serious illness, that's how I think we, sh we should conduct it. I think it just has benefits on a lot of different levels, not just for the individual, but for those that are around that, that individual. When I got interviewed on a podcast, um, getting out of the hospital, I had to, the host asked me, what is, what does success look like to you? What is success? Mm -hmm. And I said, before the, the event, I used to kind of follow man-made metrics of success. You know, ah, uh, if you're running a, a small business and your gross receipts are six figures, ladies and gentlemen, a successful business owner, so-and-so, and, and, and you would see people would, um, elevate people based off of man-made metrics, how much money they brought in, in their companies, or, uh, you know, how many followers they have on social media. Post that I go, I, 
my definition of success is waking up. Second, if I can stand up. Third, if, if I can walk, because I couldn't even walk. If I can get out of the bed, stand up and take enough steps to make it to the bathroom because oh, I was in a diaper. I couldn't even, um, I lost the ability to, to, um, to hold my urine. So I was in a diaper. I was, and I love the pins, by the way, medium is a good size, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and, and just to not be bedpanned when I have to, you know, you know, defecate. And I told her, I said, my definition of success has totally changed. So when someone goes, Mario, are you a successful professional? Without hesitation, I go, you bet I have. And they go, what has made your company or, you know, your YouTube channel, or whatever successful. I said, let's, let's get away from that. What has made me believe I'm a successful YouTuber? Let's rephrase the question. What has made me believe I'm a successful podcaster? I'm a successful YouTuber is because I'm able to actually speak. Yeah. My, my goal was to be able to host a guest and I am healthy enough to do it. Therefore, this episode was successful. And, and, and really, we measure success and abundance differently when when life throws challenges our way. For me, like you, I'm grateful every day that I, I can set up and take nourishment. I thank God for giving me another day to do to do what I love to do, to follow my passions, to be with my family. I don't look at the number of followers I have anywhere. It's just what impact am I making this day? Am I being successful? Am I getting the message out? that I want to get? Am I acting from a position of honor and integrity? Am I accountable for my mistakes? That's how I measure success and abundance now. And if I can do all of that, everything else is going to fall into place as it should be. Your mother and my mother would have got along very well. They were cut out of the same cloth. Everything I have as far as how I've learned to deal with people, I've learned to, to, um, to act around people, how I've learned to conduct myself with honor and integrity is because of my mother who raised me as a single child who had physical challenges um, with her back, never complained. She had tuberculosis, Mario, when she was 18 years old. She was, and that back then, it was a death sentence. But she fought for six years, and she beat it. And I look at it now, she fought for those six years so I could live. If she had not lived, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So I'm yeah. grateful every day for the influence that she's had in my life. And it took me, it took me a few years after she died to appreciate or transition to appreciate her influence. Um, she is one of my greatest teachers. I am who I am because of her. Yeah. And I will always, I will always remember that. I always am grateful to her as one of my ancestors that I thank her every day for her, you know, for being in my life. Right. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, Dave, on, on that, like you said, and a lot of folks don't, I believe, don't realize how valuable something is until, until it's removed from you. Mm -hmm. So it's easy, you know, and I'm talking for me, it was easy for me to rattle off what I thought was being successful and this and that and the other until my, until you start having your lungs compromised. Yep. What, what, when your lungs are compromised, 
you you start to really value just the 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 ability to take a breath. Mm-hmm. You don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And 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 folks who have never had their lungs, I'm just speaking lungs, um, compromise. It's different. The day I could not urine because the, there was a blood clot that blocked the you know the urinary tract, so I couldn't urine. And 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 it, it yeah. And it was the first time in my life that I, I had to go, you know, urine, urinate, and it was so bad and nothing would come out. And I, that, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Where, when I have to go just urinate, I'm like, I can pee. Oh, oh my gosh, Dave. So... Again, before I never had these things removed. It, it, and, and even when you see someone else go through it, it's different because it's not you. And so you may develop kind of this basic understanding of what they may be going through, but it's different when it's you. And that's what it taught me is that no matter what I've been exposed to, no matter what medical challenges or life challenges I've seen other people go through, um, it made me realize that that still has nothing to do with when it hits you and it won't be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we learn to appreciate the little things when we go through the big things. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so that was that was kind of my post. You know, what is success? And then the, then, then the uh, host day, she goes, she said, well, in business goals. What does that look like? I said, I measure success of human interest and human impact. So if my company brings in 2 million or 5 trillion a year, if I can't connect that to validation of impact on the advancement of mankind, then I fail. So conversely, if my company brought in a negative, if we were in the red, well, I can go on my YouTube channel and I can go on all my social media platforms and I see the, uh, the thousands of comments of people around the world going, thank you for this episode because I believe my husband or wife was poisoning me. Or they go, hey, the, Dave, the, 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 the episode you and I did, where I've had people say thank you because I thought I was alone. And the tips that Dave Roberts had provided really brought me a level of peace. And that was my response. And that's what really, really reinforced my, you know, developing my goals in a professional sense. So on what does, you know, what does success look like as far as your yearly, annually, quarterly goals? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the number of lives that we impact that determine the successful life. And I think, I recall, I think there's an old Lakota saying that is that we will forever we will be forever known by the tracks that we leave behind and that is that's how we measure success my friend is our teachings and our legacy go on long after our physical bodies die so you look great um has there been any lingering effects from your health challenges anything that that you still are still dealing with at this point in time yeah people don't know this so your your show is getting exclusive um, number one, I did some research. A lot of 
I didn't know this. So I can't say a lot of people. What I did not know is if you're ever admitted in any hospital and you are sep severe sepsis, uh, the likelihood of you dying within the first two years after getting out of hospital is significantly high. Because you're now you're more prone to getting it again. Like currently, I was just in the ER last week because I just started developing multiple abscesses. And I don't know where I'm from. So they gave me some oral anti antibiotics that, you know, that is very powerful for MRSA and, and, and MSSA. So I had, yeah, I developed ran like four abscesses, one on my nose, one on my neck, one on my leg, and one on my thumb. So, so the, that increases your probability of potentially losing your life because of that sepsis. The other part is within the first five years, I think it was the numbers like over um, 50 to 60% of patients that they studied that again, survived severe sepsis. They didn't make it past five years from that event. So that's number one is that the probability of, of, of me becoming severely sick. Um, I, I just went over year one, so I still kind of have like a four-year window. Uh, number two is when they were doing the MRIs, they noticed I had lesions on the left frontal lobe of my brain. Uh, and they said that was not, con that was not connected to, uh, the, the, you know, the staph infection. And so ne right now they're testing me for potential, uh, MS, multiple sclerosis. And so we don't know the results yet. And my next appointment, uh, is sometime in January. So it was kind of a blessing, uh, that this happened because, you know, there would have never been an event that, um, kind of motivated an MRI. So, yeah, so that's kind of the, 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 the some of the side effects, um, my prostate was, um, operated on. So I have some side effects from that. Uh, from them, you know, from, from, cause there was an abscess that, that was on my prostate and it was huge. So they had to remove it. And, um, so that, so I do have some side effects because of that op, that, that operation, if you will. And so, yeah, so it's not one of those Mario, you look great and you know, you're completely recovered and you're back to normal. No, no, uh, there's a lot of other medical, uh, things that are occurring since that event. I will keep you in my thoughts. I will keep you in my prayers. I will keep you that the outcomes are not what you're anticipating, but I know if they are, if it is confirmed that you do have MS, I know you're going to deal with it the way you've dealt with everything. Um, just with that positive in the present moment mindset, and you will look at this as another opportunity to have your life mission reinforced and even refined knowing you as I know you, whatever life is going to dish out, it already has. You're just going to move forward and find a way to, to reframe it, to deal with it, and to look at it as a, as, as a positive sign of growth. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and, and you're accurate. I, I will. You know, my, my focus every day, Dave, is, is I, you know, we all will die eventually. But I hope people, when I do die, and hopefully it's years from now, but that, uh, you know, people remember me on how I live and that's how I live. My life is, it's not for me, but, but if you're going to remember me, it's not, let me try to figure out what did some of the things Mario did. No, the way he lived, it, that's kind of the chapter.
you know, and the five foot two and a half life journey of this guy. <laughs> well, five foot two, but you've got about a 20 foot spirit. It shows whenever you're in anybody's company, including mine. So with that, one last question. How can people contact you? Find out, you know, find out more about your passions, find out more about what you do. Nice. They can go on my LinkedIn profile. And in my profile, Dave, there's a link um, that says connect. It's essentially one click. And they click on that. It goes right to my landing page of all my social media called Parade Deck. And so that's the east way they can find me. Yeah, or they want the uh, L, you know the 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 smorgasbord. If they want the if if they want the buffet, all they have to do is just put Mario P Fields in a search engine, and and they'll, and I take about three or four pages. And I would tell everybody the buffet will be delicious. It's, your buffet has something for everybody. And yes. an Arbor Talk is a marvelous podcast. He has some very influential, very uh, impactful guests. Take a listen. It's on YouTube. Um, just just look up this man. See what he's doing. Get involved. Um, you you won't find a, a a better person, a guy with more integrity, with more honor than Mario P. Fields. Mario, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for your trust in me with sharing a very intimate part of your journey. I'm honored that you shared details that you haven't shared with anybody else publicly. Um, thank you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome, Dave. And thank you for, for blessing me as well. And with that, that is a wrap on another episode of the teaching journeys podcast. I'm your host, Dave Roberts, wishing you peace. <laughs>